Pull up a stool and pour yourself a pint, as you're about to join three intrepid drinkers, Kevin, Justin, and Mark, as they embark on another Beer-tastic Voyage. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Beer-tastic Voyage. My name's Kevin. I'm Mark. And I'm Justin. And we are here with Brad Finn of Dubco Brewing Company. Yeah. I'm, wait, I, I did the double thing there, didn't I? Oh, I did yeah, the yeah. co and the co. Don't the worry. Redundancy, the redundancy of the redundancy. ATM machine. You just <laughs> Yeah, did the automatic <laughs> color <laughs> machine <laughs> machine. You just did Destination yeah. Unknown Beer Company. There we go. AKA Dubco for the kids. Yeah, Dubco. There we go. So Brad's joining us today. And... Brad, what's your role here? You're the head I'm a co-owner, bre- co-owner, head yes. brewer. What are, what are, um, yeah, go through I the mean, whole I, laundry list of titles. I can't even take credit really for being head brewer anymore. Okay. Uh, Chris, my partner, has um, this is his full time job, and he's evolved really into the mastermind. So as okay. much as I would love to take credit for brewing, um, I get to brew here and there uh, when right. I'm not at my regular job. But primarily, um, yeah, I'm co-owner. I. I I handle more of the back of the house things, the tasting room, staff, things like that. And, all right. But also always collaborating with Chris. I mean, we definitely are a partnership. But, yeah, he does most of the brewing, especially with the new system. I can't tell a lie. I probably don't know how to use that. <laughs> <laughs> well, well we it get... hasn't been there for that long. No, no, so. no. It hasn't been there for that. So you can kind of can you give us the story of how you how you guys got how you and Chris got started into brewing and how Dubco came to be? Yeah, and, I mean, it's a story that – kind of changes depending on how many drinks I've had but uh no we, well, we're Chris, starting early today Chris so. and I we yeah. went to high school together and um we were acquaintances friends in high school and went about our adult lives and went away to college and it wasn't that type of friendship so we knew each other through mutual friends but are you local guys yeah we uh we both graduated from West Islip okay cool um and it wasn't until uh way after college that you know somebody said oh you're brewing you know Chris Candiano brews one thing led to another, and we started homebrewing like crazy together, mostly just to split costs yeah. uh, and split ideas, gotcha. which worked out awesome because he was a, a dark beer stout kind of person, and I was more of a you know a wheat, white kind of person, so we kind of melded well together to give ourselves a full package. Yeah, diversify. Yeah, and we went from, you know, we went from the stovetop to 10 gallons to half a barrel to uh, brewing a barrel at a time when we moved in here. Pretty much our wives were like, this is getting ridiculous, guys. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's 45 buckets fermenting in the, in, in the yeah. kitchen. <laughs> you know, the whole place smelled like CO2. Somebody was going to die. Uh, so they, they The were, alarms were going yeah. off all the time. And they, they, they were pretty much just like, take a shot. I, I had a small business already that I was exiting from, um, and I, I love to stay busy. So we figured the worst, worst that could happen was we failed, um, but we'd be able to say we tried. And... Yeah, here three and a half years now. Up from one barrel, we upgraded to three barrels in about a year, a uh, year okay. and a half. And then just this past year, pretty much in the beginning of this year, we upgraded to a 10 barrel. Wow. And that's the big expansion that you uh, added on to next to it. Exactly. Yeah. So we, we've been here you know, with 1,100 square feet pretty much essentially. And there was an opportunity to move into the adjacent buildings. And we had to take that risk. And also, too, we were trying to meet the demand. Um, not only in the tasting room, but also we wanted to be able to distribute out to bars and restaurants. And we knew that on a three-barrel scale, it just wasn't going to be possible. So, you know, yeah, unless, we, you, <laughs> unless you had shift brewing. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, with the two of us, this was before we brought on an assistant brewer, uh, we needed to expand. And we did. And we, we, we shopped around. We went down to CBC and met with a bunch of awesome people and went with Alpha Brewing Company because they were just top-notch and so polite. And even though we were 
little tiny three-barrel brewery. They treated us like we were Anheuser-Busch with uh, their experience, so we ended up going with Alpha. That, nice. was, that was the same system at North Fork, right? They had Alpha stuff, too? Uh, I believe Sand City has Alpha. No, it, no? it wasn't Alpha. Oh, okay. It was something. It started with an A, though. It was like Ephira or something okay. like that. Yeah, yeah I, know, I know for a fact Sand City's system is Alpha, and that's kind of when when talking with those guys, they were super helpful in like leading us in that right direction. They were spin-off Premier, which is a really, really big um, company. And right. when, when someone said, hey, try these guys Alpha, they're doing the right thing, right. that's, that's kind of how that happened. Apex, I'm sorry. Apex, Apex okay, Apex right, yeah. North All right, at least that was not crazy. So that this space time. that you expanded into is a lot more than just the expanded, you know, a couple barrel, a bigger barrel system. I mean, I, I saw wood barrels in there as I peeked through the window, and I, <laughs> I hear rumors of that there's, um, there's some other stuff going on in that space. What else can you tell us about that? Um, Pull yeah. behind the curtain. <laughs> no, there's um, essentially what it allowed us to do, too, is uh, create clean beer and dirty beer. Um, dirty beer meaning soured right. um, and awesome. fermented with bacteria is that we when we had the just the three barrel space we wanted to be able to do but did it very cautiously now mm. being able to separate those two spots um and also be able to age more things there was our barrel aging yeah there's 25 barrels that we just put down there and we just filled with a number of different stouts yeah and like that was also, just this past week right yeah also our collaboration that we did with spider bite that rhino that won a, a tapped metal last year i love that's that coming beer. Back. i still, I still have amazing. a bottle of yeah. it in my fridge <laughs> it's coming back and it's in barrels good but, um Two, barreling was hard because of the time component, and we were trying to really get beer out. So, yeah, that, that space next door and that, that increase in volume now allows us to experiment a lot more with barrel. And we're using it as an event space as well. And there's, there's, oh, there's, oh, we always have things in the works that uh, we want to do and try and make everything as value as possible. That space is going to allow us to put in a canning machine and things like that. So okay. it's definitely in its infancy, but, and we know where we want to go with it, but... As far as exactly what we're gonna do, I'll keep I'll keep that you know under the arm for now. <laughs> You'll just have to watch the social meds. <laughs> keep us on social media exactly. So in that set, so you mentioned that that's kind of the dirty side of the house. Um, that's so, actually the clean side. Oh, that's now. the clean side. This yeah. side's the dirty side. Yeah, makes yeah. more sense with more people over here. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, because we kept our three-barrel. Okay. Um, we kept and that system. And that's what you're doing your sour stuff on? Um, we're, we're souring on there and also doing experimental stuff, and we're going to keep that going because, you know, 10 barrels of a stout in the summer would be hard to distribute. That's a lot of beer. Yeah. Um, but now we can keep stouts going through the summer and do small test batch things like a lot of the, the fruited stuff that we have going on. We experiment on that three-barrel and use it almost as a pilot system. But that's all of our sour barrels are in the three barrel system right here. All right, awesome. all the barrels next door are clean. Okay, yeah, nice. Out of those spirit barrels that I saw over there. Yeah, they- so that pickup just came all from uh, Long Island Distillery. Okay, uh, from awesome. Live Long- Keller, right? used to be Long Island Bach. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And also there's, I, you know, you'll have to look it up. There's a new distillery that's up and coming out there. That I don't think they're open yet. I know the one one that bought the uh, the old uh, Blue Point space. Obviously, they're not open yet because Blue Point's still there. Yeah, there's but. one. Uh, there's one further out, and we'll have to. It just not it's a, on the tip of my tongue, but I can't think of it. Not not Twin Stills Moonshine. Not no, that one, no, right? no, no. But th- this place is awesome. Chris knows more about it. He's been out okay. there. We also snag some barrels from them as well, nice. but primarily Long Island Distillery, um, and that's. That's where try and keep it local, you know, keep everything local. Did you find what? Um, I mean, I know they do a good vodka out there. <laughs> That's right. But, um, of course, it's the windiest day of the year. I haven't heard that door in 
like <laughs> six I could, months. Yeah, I, I should op- almost open the door so it doesn't rattle like that. I'm sorry. It's all no, good, man. It's good. It's good. We're fine. Um, so, what kind of spirit barrels did you find there? Do you have, what is it like a whiskey uh, barrel, have, like a yeah. bourbon barrel? Or so, anything? Um, right now, uh, whiskey bourbon. All right. Um, that's primarily going to be, and we. The way we varied that was um, age of barrel and usage of barrel. Okay. So those newer barrels where that oak is really going to come through, that's like Andrea Doria. All that right. oakiness is going to give us that like a little bit of vanilla that we want out of that new oak. Right. Um, and then we have barrels that have multiple usage where, you know, that oak finish is kind of going to go away a little bit. Mm-hmm. And we're going to highlight some of the flavors of our old beers because the bourbon's going to go down as well. And we'll use yeah. barrels three to four times. And then we're able to, especially these bigger batches, be able to blend them in and out. Nice. And all the all the dirty beer are in um, pretty much wine barrels. So we have a couple red, a couple white uh, wine barrels that came from Macari out there as well. Gotcha. Awesome. The Andrew Dory you mentioned, that's probably my second favorite beer you make behind Rhino. That's uh, badass. You know, and I, I love that beer too. And it's funny, we have a case in the walk-in that we don't know if it's Andrew Dory or Jabruzzo. Because <laughs> it was one of those things where we just like got tired and stopped labeling. But I was at a buddy's house this past weekend, and he's like, oh, I got to show you all the Dubco stuff I've been collecting. And I'm like, oh, okay. And he had two bottles of Andrew Doria. And I'm like, <laughs> we have to open one of these immediately. And he's like, oh, I'll throw one in the freezer. I'm like, no, 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 no. no, no stop no, no. there. Please I'm like, just, just open it up. Just open it as is. <laughs> I, I can tell you, if you still have an Andrea Doria. I do. It is, it's, it's, un, it's unreal. It's, it, I couldn't be happier and prouder of that beer. Yeah, I, have, I think I have two bottles, or at least one, maybe two bottles. It's, yeah, I mean. It's, it's, it's very tasty. It's good. It's, yeah, it's, I don't think I have one. It's though. good. It's good. Um, so can you talk to us about some of the, the styles that you brew and maybe how they might have changed and what might have influenced those changes as to what you're brewing in a given time So even, even during the homebrew times, we always wanted to be able to try and drink everything. And, you know, there definitely is like a sustainability side to the brewery as, a, as opposed to just homebrewing and be able to, like you have yeah. to make styles. That, you have to appeal to you the gotta public. You've got to pay the bills. Right. So we understand ha- that. Right. Yeah, and we, I mean, our first beer, our first like pretty much mainstream beer, especially IPA, was sore thumb, and that was a big West Coast style, super malty type of beer, and that's what we loved. And we we didn't get pushed into New England IPAs, but you know that was like that was a change for us to something that Chris and I wouldn't normally drink okay. that we evolved into making. So there's definitely an evolution, but there's also too a knowledge base. You know, there's a lot of things that. We necessarily couldn't do six years ago as home brewers because the online community wasn't in advance and craft beer wasn't in advance. So things that home brewers can pull off now with excellence, we would never even think of doing. Yeah. Like I would never, ever sour a beer, you know, seven years ago when we were home brewing. Um, but currently right now we like to do a little bit of everything. Okay. Um, we always have two sours pretty much. We always have a couple New England IPAs. We also always have sort of a West Coast IPA with that Dubco IPA right now. Right. Um, and then definitely seasonal stuff. And, you know, with the brown ale, the pumpkin ales, mm-hmm. and the ability to be able to lager now, especially not running out of beer. We love lagers. I mean, you'd be people come in and see some of the beers that, or they hang out with Chris and I off-premise, the beers that we drink, right. you know, are always lagers. And they, yeah, I, I do that a lot, too. I'd be like, oh, what do you get? Oh, I'll have the pills there. Exactly. Yeah. And, 
you know, I, I, maybe it's because I'm getting older, but I, I like when I drink beer, I want to be able to have 10 of them and then still be able to talk to my wife. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, you know, now there's definitely that, that lager pilsner that Chris and I are really, really focusing on. You know, we did Resourceful Thirsty People, which is an awesome pilsner. Right. Layover is still a great. Layover is very good. I love Layover. Yeah. That's like our beach beer. Um, yeah, we try. There really isn't anything that we'll avoid. Okay. Um, now it just comes down to time, especially, especially beers we've made in the past that people want back. I can tell you we want them back too, but Chris's schedule is pretty much three months out. Uh, wow. So he's, wow. he's already planning beers that are going to be released in December, January. So when someone says, ooh, I want that beer, like somebody asked for, uh, I could feel it in my plums. And uh, <laughs> I was like, you want to know what? That I don't great, think I ever had that Oh, that, Everyone was like, that, we're thinking to ourselves, that was an awesome beer. And what we say to them, we're putting it on the schedule. But then we forget the fine print that the schedule means. It goes I'll, out, see, right. I'll see you in February. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. That's one of the things we've always gotten um, with from Paul Brickhouse, because you know, especially being that he, they're only serving it there. It's like he has to basically brew Streetlight like five million times mm -hmm. and then squeeze in the other stuff that he wants to do around it. <laughs> so yeah. the schedule is of utmost importance, especially when it comes to having to order the amount of grain you guys do. We are we're very fortunate with not having one super flagship like that that we have to brew. I mean, we go... Th the beer that we brew the most, to be honest, is Coastal um, IPA, the, the beer that we make for Coastal Kitchen right here in Bayshore. Especially over the summer, you know, those guys were doing so much volume that it turned into, oh my God, Feeding we, the we have to make Coastal. And then I'd say, Chris, you know, we got, we got another order for Coastal. And he's like, no, no, I, I dropped that off last week. And I'm like, yeah, they, they went through five barrels of beer in a week. Jesus. And Chris wow. was like, oh my gosh, but... You know, that's that's like off the record stuff that people don't know about. We take a lot of pride in that account. And yeah. We take a lot of pride in that beer, um, especially a beer that we can't serve that beer here. We've we've honored, you know, Anthony over there and said, hey, that's your beer. Thank you for believing in us and ordering a ton of beer that we're yeah. like. So I didn't even know. I didn't even know that you, you did that. Yeah. So, so it's, awesome. uh, you know, no, Coastal right here. They, they it's very similar to one of our milkshake IPAs, but it's only served there. And uh, it's it's a really really good beer. Thankfully, slowing down a little bit over there because he's right by the ferries. Right. So in the summer, yeah. less yeah. traffic. <laughs> so we can finally almost start to catch up. Yeah, now, now that uh, Fire Island is shutting down for the winter. It's, uh, yeah. I I don't even know anything about that. So, <laughs> so I have a question. So one of my favorite beers you guys have ever made is uh, the the Triple Rainbow, the Belgian Triple. And um, I wanted to know a little bit more about that and kind of how it came to be. And also, I always find it amusing that you don't like Belgians. And that, that was for a little <laughs> while. That was like a, the hot ticket. You guys have won, a, won the medal. I, um, and winning the medal at Tap New York. Yeah, that, that was our first medal. And uh, Triple Rainbow is we, we make a beer double rainbow. Right. Um, and I, it's, it's a great, awesome beer. And then the, the progression was so. When we were washing yeast as homebrewers, I mean, yeast being pretty much the largest cost of a homebrewer. Yeah, aside from hops. So, yeah. it, when, especially when we started brewing multiple times a week, we started thinking to ourselves, okay, what, let's build a, a small IPA and use that yeast to build a double and then use that yeast to maybe make a huge IPA. And then it was like, all right, well, we made a Belgian blonde. We made Beach Chair Blonde. That was a big beer when we did it homebrewing that we just happened to miss this year, but... So we had Belgian yeast, and it just so happened to be around fall time, and we made Double Rainbow. 
and amongst our little homebrew friends and amongst us, not me, because like you said, I'm not a huge Belgian fan. I try. Um, it's just like, it's like black licorice. I just can't like it. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm with you on there, but it's it, like, it, so in like Belgian beers, like, I don't know, because there's also usually get like the bubblegum too. And it, the bubblegum banana for me, it just, it just doesn't, it doesn't work. And, and then right after fall, we had this awesome crop of Belgian yeast and it was starting to get cold. And Chris is like, dude, let's just let's just go for that victory golden monkey yeah, triple. That's a good let's one. just shoot for yeah. it. Let's try and make let's pack the ma- our little Gatorade mash ton with as much green as we <laughs> as can. We can fit. Nice. As we can fit. And we'll just we're not even we won't even measure it. We'll just keep pouring grain to the top and we'll try and make a Belgian triple. And it was it was it was awesome. Yeah. And uh that was it just it really came to be like that and when we won the medal we had a bunch of it yeah and everyone's like Let, we're cracking open can we had just opened that was our first tap new york our first medal and i was sitting there taking like bird sips like yeah because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just i couldn't drink it that's awesome <laughs> but uh no it's 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 a fantastic beer um and that's that was kind of like the that's how dominic white ipa was born as well uh, a little back knowledge Dominic and Triple Rainbow, essentially the same recipes, different yeast flavors. Oh, so um, Dominic was, it, when we, it was a true white IPA, it was made with the Belgian, okay. you know, it was a Belgian wit. Uh, and, you know, that white IPA style, the mix between the, the Belgian and the IPA was really Dominic White. Now, coincidentally, my, my brother Dominic's last name was White. Oh, so we were able to evolve it into an IPA because it was so similar to Triple Rainbow, but those Dominic and Triple Rainbow started almost as the same beer, and then Bel- the Triple Rainbow just kept the Belgian yeast, and then we decreased the amount of Belgian yeast in Dominic White over time okay. to become the New England IPA that it is now. Gotcha. I, I, I'm a big fan of that of that uh, yeah, that beer. That White IPA is excellent. Thank you, and, and Dominic was a freaking good dude, and uh, he. He was always a craft beer drinker, so it was only right that we named the beer after him after he passed away. That's yeah. awesome. Um. I noticed you guys have been do, um, noticed your cans out in stores a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, has are you distributing yourself, or are you going through a third party distributor? Like, what? How are you getting so much out there so fast? We, um, I, mean, I know you got the pickup truck. Are you just driving around in circles, dropping <laughs> yeah, it off? Yeah, Chris. I, 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 once again, I have to give credit to Chris. Uh, that guy, he could he could sell me a Belgian. Like that's how good he is. <laughs> um, but a lot of hustling, a lot. We, yeah. I mean, we have a, we've built a pretty basic um, beer distributor account, and there's some guys in the beer distributor industry that are very good to us and that have believed in us since the beginning. Right. Um, and it's pretty much it's a hustle. We right. um, we post we post to that little list, and uh-huh. then it's really you know God sent from the community. Like they go into beer distributors and they're like, and "Do you guys have Dubco?" Yeah, and then I get phone calls all the time. Hey. Uh, I keep getting regulars in here looking for beer, and that's really how it happened. And yeah, Chris, Chris is on that grind. He is walking in. He's doing samples, and we're very fortunate now, especially with this. Like I said this volume increase. Right. I, I, it's incredible. And for three years, we had to say no to people, and it wasn't because we wanted to keep beer in house. It was literally because we you didn't keep have up with beer. It. Yeah, and that was it, it. It sucked. But now, yeah, no, it's out there and. 
it's great. We're part of the Locals to Locals program that Andrew started right. over right. at Hicksville yeah, Beer yeah. and Soda. And, um, you know, that hour, actually, our Local to Local comes out next month. I'm not going to tell you what it is, so don't ask. <laughs> but <laughs> I no, can say that the Raspberry Balloon Advice was very tasty. And you want to know what? Call to action. I still see that beer out in beer distributors. Oh, really? I don't know what. I'm about to buy it myself and start selling it here. But, no, <laughs> it, it, I'm a sour guy. I love that beer. And, um, you know, the, the, the canning thing has been awesome. And while we're talking about cans, I have to give more credit. Uh, the guy that works the bar on Friday nights, uh, Jimmy, was we were Chris and I were literally sitting here like compla- the the printing and label industry with all due respect they they're terrible uh, <laughs> mostly because of our size like nobody right. wants to print fifteen hundred labels like, yeah, that's right, it. Right. They're, yeah. they're like yeah though. yeah exactly yeah. and then Jimmy's like well you know I'm a graphic designer during the day and we're like excuse me <laughs> yeah. this is what you're telling <laughs> what us what now you now you're telling this and um, pretty much I look at the cans behind me pretty much it's abuse of powder too. Um, Jimmy's been blasting out incredible labels for us on a regular basis. And I hope that other breweries see it and are able to use him because that's really what he does during his day job. But, you know, he kind of like, I don't know if you saw the label for Space Junk. Yeah. He even put the little floating like Tesla car in the background (laughs) of that label. Oh, right. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So, yeah, no. And that's, and that's just another thing that cans, the value that cans can bring. Right. You know, being able to, we're really, really focused on helping as many people as we can from buying New York Greens to buying New York Hops to, you know, letting small graphic designers build their brand, things like that. It's really important to that's us. That's awesome. That's really, that is really cool. Um, I'm, that's about what I need to know about. Like, I, that's, that, I'm interested. I'm in, yeah. That's the, yeah, and, this, and the flight's been sitting in front of me for a little while, so I kind of want to bounce into that. And you got the guys, pumpkin, so I'm sure that smell is just incredible. Oh, yeah. So, um, but do you guys have any other questions, kind of in that same vein, before we get going into the beers? I don't. I think, I think we should start drinking. And yeah. things will I'm already come done up. with yeah. the beer, so yeah. yeah, I don't know what you guys are doing over there. But um, <laughs> do you want me to run? Let me get you plastic cups so we don't have to all drink out of the same cup. Give me two seconds. Talk, no problem. All right. Talk amongst yourself. Talk amongst yourselves. Discuss. Uh, but well, we can talk about like just the space that they have here, and it's. A fantastic space that he's made into it here. I love the decoration on the back wall. Yeah, the mural is The chalkboard effect going on with the great brewing uh, process scene. Yeah, yeah. It's something that I really enjoy. Here, take this. Thank you. This mural, once again, back to the local community, was painted um, from Dan at Port Jeff. Okay. His wife. There you go. I was, they have this little picture, this whole thing at Port Jeff. And it's hanging on the wall and like right, yeah. little poster size. And we were at CBC and I was like, hey, uh, random question. Would you kn- happen to know where you got that picture from? He's like, yeah, dude, my wife drew it. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, would she be interested in doing that on my wall? Now, his wife is so awesome. And she came here over the course of like six weeks. Yeah. She's a little girl, like Four ten, four eleven. No, I'm sorry for you calling out her, your size. What you have her hanging from the rafters? Then? She literally was up on a, a, a ladder all the way up here. Wow! And she had an overhead projector over here, and she hand drew it out, projected it on the wall, and then and painted just, it in, and then just went down. Yeah. Wow. Her little thing, speckles of paint. She, I, she had to call her out, but yeah, and she pretty much refused to take money from us. 
Um, wow. And she spent well, hours and hours on this. But yeah, it looks fantastic. It came right? out awesome. It really, yeah. it, it opened. We, we didn't know what to do with that black wall forever. And it just, it adds such an awesome dynamic to the brewery for sure. Yeah. What I, what I, what I always loved about it is the, uh, you have less now, but you used to have all of the uh, all those crazy beers, like all the bottles everywhere. Yes, those were cool. But I, I like the fact that now you basically have your own little wall of fame. You know, all the cans in your own bottles up there, which is even cooler. Sometimes we look up there and we're like, "Oh man, we made all of those cans," and we've actually gotten lazy. There's there's probably a couple of months, like uh, there's probably a couple a, missing. A few that haven't been edited. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little uh, <laughs> little little too much. Is this the, so first, I think you guys got the uh, one of our Oat New England IPAs over there. Yes. Yeah. It's really, really, really good. Name to be named later. Yes. Um, redact- name redacted. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the smell on it's fantastic. I, I love it. And yeah. the Oat gives it that body that's just fantastic. The uh, My favorite part about it is uh, actually the, the, the bitterness. Like, I mean, it just has just enough of, like, a grapefruit-type bitterness yeah, at the finish yeah. to kind of clean off the palate. They're really, really well-balanced. It came, out, yeah, it came out super clean. And we actually, the first batch, when we piloted this batch, we made it with, you know, actual oat milk. Um, and it just, it, it just thinned out the body. So this time we went just straight-up oats, yeah. um, which helped the mouth feel out a little bit for sure. And... The, oat, the same flavor, because I mean oat milk, and we essentially just made the oat milk ourselves. Okay. <laughs> right, right, right. There you go. No, that's a really delicious one. and I, that bo- The body for it is just like that perfect consistency to me. Thank that's, you. That's one of the things that I really like there. So we, uh, we got, we, that was a little appetizer, but we, had, we split up into light and dark flights, or essentially some sort of sour to IPA. I think that's sour flight yeah. and then brown flight. <laughs> we did, so, yeah, we did dark flight. I, we got dark flight, New England IPA flight, and sour flight. Excellent. All right. All right. Well, let's con- let's continue with the dark flight. All right. So I'm just going to grab this next one that's in the list here. And so is, the, is that the brown or is that the pumpkin um, stout? We'll I, that's going to. That's <laughs> yeah. From my visual perspective, that's going to be the brown. Yeah. For sure. The yeah. Um, the aroma on it right away tells you that there's nothing. Yeah. Pumpkin-y very going very on nutty. It's got a night the night the color on top is a nice shade of a the dark roast to it. And this bring, beers like this bring me back to my homebrew days because obviously. When you start, like, with all the, the extracts and stuff, the dark beers are yeah. kind of where you go. And just the aroma just is so nostalgic of the homebrew days. I, I freaking love it. So love this one beer. is the BSB? Yeah, so it started out three years ago as Brown Tide. Okay. Oh, I, remember, of, I remember that. And name. then, of course, everyone um, everyone was like, that's a disgusting name. I don't want to drink Why didn't you just name it Shit Beer? Exactly. So we're like, all right. And then um, then it became Bayshore Brown Ale. Gotcha. And then with political correctness, people are like, mm. we're like, all right, ignorant statement. We didn't realize that that might offend some people in Do some way, it, shape, you, or form. You were taking it just as the location and the style, not We're in Bayshore, and this is a Brown Ale. So statement it, about the neighborhood. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Bayshore Brown, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and so then we just shortened it down to BSB just so we could... You know, but it's it's yeah. a great. It, I, this was the hardest. I, I've never had so much beer name. Con, well, actually, I can't say that anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I've never had uh, such a hard time naming a beer. But uh, BSB's been working. It was BSB last year. There it's BSB go. now, and so happy to have a yeah. brown ale around. It's just fall nostalgia. Yeah, and the uh, like I said, it had the nutty aroma, and then it, it's uh, like a hazelnut finish almost. Oh, yeah. It's yeah, yeah, really good. Yeah, yeah no, this very, is very good. I I really enjoy brown else when i see them and you don't see them very often no you don't i like that this one kind of 
falls a little closer to like the English style browns where the hops are a little bit softer yeah, rather than getting that none. really sharp bite one that you get with American browns that so this is this is my kind of beer that I'd go to all thank the time you. like I've had this one numerous times when I've come by here so very thank happy you. to have this again no thank you it's it's a, it's a good beer like that, that it might be might be a good one to can <laughs> I know and that, that's the other thing too with the canning is what we think is great and what we'll do well in beer distributors is totally different no you're right I know we we made a huge batch of layover, and it crushed in the tasting room because right. it's a great beer. It wouldn't sell in beer distributors, and we thought it was something going on. And you know, they're honest with us. They say, "Hey, Brad, Chris, we love layover. We bring it home and drink it." But it's not so, just not moving. It's a lager style, and the people that are drinking lager, the number one drank style in the world. Yeah. They're going to be your Budweiser. They're walking in, yeah, they're they're walking in and buying cores. the cases. Exactly. Right. And not only even the price point, but it's one of those things where lagers, people just recognize that style as being more big beer. Mm. So it was hard for us to sell it there right. in beer distributors. And then we bring it back home and it, it leaves the shelves here because people are coming for our particular brand. But, you know, that particular style just didn't do well in a beer distributor. That was just a learning experience for us. I think I remember talking to you about that at some point, like earlier on in the summer maybe yeah. and that happened with dominic too uh you know when it was still a belgian wit and um people just said i love the beer and bar owners said the same thing i love the beer but nobody comes in to buy that that particular style right and it was like that for sours thank god it's changing but so many bars were saying we love sours but we can't put them on mm. you know now thank god that <laughs> people love sours we love making them yeah (laughs) Yeah. i love drinking them and like even uh so like this past monday i gave a presentation to the breweries east end revival club on how to do kettle sours and one of the people in the club was like i thought i didn't like sours but these are great oh yeah i that's that's pretty much the greatest feeling i think any brewer could feel like i don't particularly like that style but this is good right yeah you know that that is an awesome awesome feeling (laughs) yeah like i she definitely flipped because then like uh tuesday or wednesday she sent a, a an email out to like the mailing list like oh if you want more like north fork has a really tasty one on tap and sours are where you find out two wording of things is really big deal. Yeah. Um, sour is like such a fearful word for people. Uh, so we like to descript now as it's a tart. Yeah. It's yeah. a tart ah. beverage. There you go. I mean, unless it's like make your eyeballs drip sour. <laughs> Rip the enamel like, off your teeth. Exactly. Yeah. Look, it's not really ready yet, but I have a 15 gallon conical in my basement that I started a Sour Solera project in. Perfect. So when... Yeah, when I was waiting uh, for it to get back. Yeah, so like... <laughs> have we named it yet? Have it, is there, does that thing have a name yet? Uh, I mean, I, I called it Defunct. But I'm saying, like, has it become sent? I haven't, like, I haven't named the... the the conical. Yeah, okay. yeah it's, it's, it's borderline sentient. The pellicle on it is like insane. <laughs> yeah, the, I'm waiting for it to say, hello, Mark, this is my The, the last yeah. time I checked the pH, it was 3.15. Okay, that's a, that's a good pH. It can go down. It <laughs> yeah. can go down from there. Well, I mean, it's only been souring since July, so. <laughs> yeah. And then you'll learn a wonderful way. See, but now what you need to do is get a barrel, throw it in a white wine barrel, and then just drill a hole in the bottom, and then you can just keep pulling the off, now. topping off, pulling yeah. off, topping off, and just yeah. keep that thing in the basement forever. Just well, have, I mean, that's why constant supply. That's of why the, I, I went with the conical though, because it, I've you know it's got a sampling valve, it's got a dump valve on the bottom, so like yep. you know if too much shit builds up in the bottom, I can dump it out. I can just keep going with it. 
other glorious things that didn't exist when I homebrewed. Like, oh yeah, no, I know. These yeah. I, the first time I saw one of those stainless steel like uh, ten gallon conical fermenters, I was like, come on, man! <laughs> yeah. I had to use buckets. I but. still use a lot of buckets. I like I, I buckets. Use them honestly, now, I have like a, a PBW in them and things like that. Right. Um, so we just uh, f- actually finished up the the pumpkin, the uh, necessary pumpkin, mandatory. 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 Sorry, it's both to me the same thing. Um, mandatory. Yes, it's mandatory pumpkin, and it is it is uh, exactly what it should be. It's a mandatory yeah. pumpkin. It's we, uh, we that that was a terrible day for Chris. I, uh, I saw it was you, like a six hour runoff if or you've something. Made pu- like we've had stuck mash before, and um, it. Pumpkin just oh, it's just the it's the worst. <laughs> so what kind of pumpkin did you use? Did you use the so fresh he, um, can yeah, so puree? He, he does a he does an awesome uh, blend of fresh pumpkin right here from on Long Island, awesome. which is kind of why ours comes out a little late. Our pumpkin's yeah. only been out for a week, and people hate us for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's and then we're all like uh, pumpkin, and then it's our highest selling beer that week it comes out. But um, we we wait so late because Chris definitely uses. Um, you know, he's struggling, he's cooking pumpkin down and definitely some, uh, also some pumpkin mixes that he uses and spice. Um, to be honest, like I said, that's, I've kind of lost touch with that, but it's on a three barrel scale. So we can still use, uh, fresh pumpkin in there right here from Long Island, which if we did it on a 10 barrel batch, we couldn't, but I think it'll always be a three barrel batch because it's kind of one of those things that flashes in and flashes out and uh, then we move on. And you don't want to process 500 pounds of pumpkin. No, no, no. Well, Chris doesn't want, I'm I'm a school teacher, so I wouldn't have to do that. I don't have the time. (laughs) But I got here after work. Sorry, buddy. Anyone who wants to chop up pumpkin. I got here that that (laughs) night and he was still, it was like boiling. I'd be like, late start today? And he was like, no, I'm no, pretty much starting at 7 like yeah. I do every I want to kill myself. Please help me. <laughs> he's uh, like, you're going in there if you ask again. He's like, uh, you're going to stay in here, and I'm going to go outside and drink 10 beers. I'll be right back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, that one's a it's a nice, solid pumpkin ale. Like It, 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 does, it, the jo- it does the job of a pumpkin. It's... Um, refreshing. It's clean. It is, and it's like it definitely has spice in it. But yes, there are other flavors that other than the spice, which is why, like as a general rule, like oh, pumpkin beer, no, thank you, because so many times it's just overloaded with spice. It is good, and it's it's a little sweet for me. So, but no, I, I, I like it. It's it, like I said, it does the job of a pumpkin. Yeah, this okay. pumpkin stat is really nice too, though. It's oh, got yeah. like a good like roasty bite on the, the next finish. One, the, yeah, we named it Pumpkin Spice Latte. I, I'll admit, it's not latte enough, but this was our first shot. We said, hey, let's try something different. And uh, we had some runoffs of the stout, so we um, this was a, a blend of our pumpkin beer and our red eye um, okay. Oh, okay. that we use our coffee stout. Yeah. But, uh, so that's where the latte from the coffee stout. Yeah, but, I was going to say there was some kind of coffee going on in there. And it's yep, it's, nice. it's, yeah, it's, it's, a very, it's based on our red eye recipe blended with um, the pumpkin and we kind of just split the bachelor. We were going to do a cask of it. Okay. Um, but then we decided, you know, that's something that we might like. And we didn't have a stout lined up in the schedule. So okay. we'd like to have a stout on the board. So this was the, the ipso facto uh, stout of the month. Yeah. The, uh, what I like about it is it's so clearly a stout, but you still get the pumpkin uh, spices in it and also the coffee. So yeah. it's, um, it's actually the first sip I've had of it. I'm, I have so many balls up in the air right now. I haven't even got a chance to try this one yet. <laughs> I, I like it. <laughs> yeah. A lot of times you figure with strong flavors like that, one of them would win. It would either be a stout or it would be a pumpkin beer. Like right. You wouldn't be able to balance it, but it, uh, it's very well balanced. Yeah, it comes off almost as a, um, 
like a flavored kind of coffee. Like not like in the latte sense, like you said, because it doesn't have that milky. It doesn't have thing. a milky, creamy frothiness, right. but but you, it definitely comes off as a as a flavored coffee would almost like pumpkin it, spice coffee. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, definitely. Um, but it's really tasty. I, re- this, I really enjoy that. It's the mandatory one. I see everyone pouring yeah, it, water. I think, I think it's I'm a good like, idea uh, between a pumpkin stout and then uh, <laughs> sours to rinse the glass a little. Or, or New England IPAs. Or, or either way, but yeah. 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 We're, we're going to be changing Re- gears. Regar- regardless, it'd be a. Hey, you guys know better than me. I just I usually just mix a little bit of everything. So, you oh. know. But I guess you guys are trying to get a true taste for the beer. I'm just. To me, it's just liquid and it's like it's, it's delicious. It's like, oh way. yeah, there's that one again. I'm like, oh, it's cream skull. Oh, what did I drink last though? Oh, I definitely had some pumpkin spice latte in there before I had some cream skull. Well, especially when you're when you're at like the homebrew club meetings and you're sampling a bunch of different ones, you have to be really cognizant of it. Because at one time I had like a coconut something or other, and then someone gave me um, a, a lager or something very clean. I'm like, I just taste like suntan lotion. Yeah, and I was like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, that happens with festivals. People are like, oh, what have you tried today? And I've usually only tried like one or two beers. And they're like, wow, I'm like, I just can't, I can't do that mixy, mixy, mixy yeah. all day long. All right, so we, they're all the same color from here on out. So I'm going to hopefully, if uh, we did it right, you'll be able to tell us what beer it is by drinking There you go. All right, so this is uh, from our sour board or from the, uh, the, uh, the NEPAs? The okay. IPA board. All right. All right, let's see here. Now you tell I'm, me. I'm playing the matching game by looking over there. Um, multiple choice. We got mul- we got ten multiple choice. Oh, this okay. is definitely the the, the creamsicle. Yeah. Yeah. The SOS creamsicle. It definitely has that flavor. Yep, for sure. Yeah, no, you guys can drink mine. I'm dairy free, so you can drink mine. I, okay. I, you don't need me getting the poops right now. No, that would be not good. Well, so, actually, we'd probably get a lot of poops. Which is a shame. Use lactose I, in it to yeah, the, it's that? The, lactose is a milk sugar, and yeah, right. I'm dairy free. So, unfortunately, after going dairy free, I don't get to indulge in any of the lactose IPAs anymore. Ah. Which is a shame. But it's also better would, that you I would not be, to, like, I would be clean more sad pants. about the, the milk stouts than the, the yeah, lacto yeah. IPA. Uh-huh. But, uh, but the. But, but the, the, the stomach feels really better, so that's yeah. nice. Yeah. I'll just I just open Gilgo while you guys drink that. It's not a big deal. There you <laughs> you guys were in there. <laughs> Sounds good. The um, I, I that beer is amazing. Thank you. A lot of times you have a creamsicle something, and it's just so over the top, like fake orangey creamsicle. Right. And the hops play so well with that flavor. Thank um, you. it's just wow, that's really good. I'm, and that's once I'm, again back to the beauty yeah. of a three barrel system. There's all fresh pureed fruit in there. There is absolutely. No uh, extracts in that beer. Wow! And wow. oranges are tough. We feel like a lot of times you, it's hard to find like orange juice like flavored puree. So a lot of we we get all of our pureed fruits from one spot, so we know that they're clean and they're uh, sanitary and things like that. But um, and because Chris Chris Franklin doesn't have time to puree them himself, but um, it was hard to find uh, orange that tasted almost like orange juice because like, we felt like in a creamsicle. You know, you need that. It's an orange juice kind of flavor. And we finally found, you know, a, a mix. We mixed, He mixed a couple of different fruits that I'll, I'll keep between him and I to get that, like, orange juice flavor. And then vanilla beans, which has been tough with the vanilla beans because vanilla is so expensive these right. days. Holy yeah. cow. I think Andrew Dory just cost us, like, $1,000 in vanilla beans. Wow. But you get um, a lot of mileage from even the, from the beans, though. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, they, they definitely go a long way. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, the, the milk powder yeah. in there, it's it's... We were very, very happy. That, that, that creamsicle was for Jesse, who was one of my coworkers here as well. Okay. And uh, 
He's been asking us to make it, and we've we failed. There's been a couple of awesome New England IPAs that we've had in the past year that were supposed to be uh, the signs selling creamsicles, but didn't, didn't quite make it. So they became uh, Nasty Nate's Fruit Cocktail and uh, some other beers that were awesome, but we couldn't call them a creamsicle because they frankly, it just didn't, didn't have taste that like character. Yeah. Right. Creamsicle, yeah. Well, there was um, I think the guys over in uh, 1940s did a creamsicle one too, didn't they? Yes. Yeah. That was a yeah orange crush or something yeah. like that. There was a the, the, the cast festival two years. Yeah, ago. the orange was a little bit different at that one, but I understand what you're saying. How you want to get that specific, yeah, like that specific ice cream orange yeah, flavor, it, which and this one definitely like has D, that. It's like how Sunny D claims it's orange, but isn't really yeah, orange. It's, it's, which is why I like it. Yeah. Or tang- or uh, I know you were always a big fan of Tang growing up too. Yes. It's kind of like uh, I'm a spaceman. <laughs> If you're a tattoo artist and you want to do photorealism or, like, if you want to do a a national landmark, if you call a beer by a well-known flavor, you you have to hit that flavor. One of the the most anxious and nervous days for me ever was the first time we released SOS Pina Coladas, and we were terrified that it was going to taste like sunscreen, and, you know, we had to adjust. You can't drink now? No, he can't. I can. I love it. Uh, That's another lactose one. Oh yeah, I'm not gonna yeah, do it. And yeah. more more lactose. Oh yeah, mango milkshakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think like, I was like, "There's mangoes in this. This is mangoes." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which used to be one of my favorite ones that we made. But uh, yeah, no, it's they're so good. But when you when you name something cream school, it had to taste like cream school. right? And it, that, that beer definitely does. But moving on to this one though, this this one has a really nice like mango flavor to it too. Yeah, SOS I, mango milkshakes. Yeah, I feel like you hit the same kind of consistency note and. Fresh mango, you know. fresh mango puree in there. Is it roughly the same like grist between the two beers, or um, is it varied? So yeah, the, the the base profiles are pretty much going to be about the same um, for most things, but you know Chris is going to vary uh, mash temperatures and things to get residual sweetness, and so there's definitely a, a a little bit of a difference, but. Um, the yeast, I think he uses two or three different New England style yeast profiles, okay. so that definitely changes. Um, and then it's definitely not linear as far as the fruit. So when we put 80 pounds of a certain fruit in a beer, it's not 80 pounds oh, yeah, of the other no, no, fruit. That's oh, yeah, Some yeah. fruit like are very, very different. And that's also was a learning process for creamsicle. Like orange will punch you in the face. Yeah. Um, mango is very forward. Pineapple is very forward. Mileage um, will vary. <laughs> So yeah, with the, fr- the hardest thing about making these fruit beers, and we've released them now, and we, we've had we've had to dump a couple beers because, you know, there's such a learning process when it comes to the fruits. Yeah, yeah. but again, that's where the smaller system comes in, where Absolutely. it doesn't hurt you quite as much. Absolutely, and it really does. It it it. We were gonna sell that three barrel system, um, and everyone advised us against it. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I've seen in a number of different breweries how they. Uh, they've usually hung, you can pour yours out. I still got a little bit. Um, they still hang on to either a smaller three barrel or even a five gallon system just mm-hmm. to run test batches on. When we when we you did know. the uh, when we got the three barrel, we were going to keep the one barrel, and that right. was strictly financial. We right. uh, we couldn't afford to keep both. We had we pretty much had to sell our one barrel um, to get the cash to get the, the three yeah. barrel, <clears throat> and we paid a lot of stuff forward. We you know we gave a lot of our um, one barrel stuff away, okay. but the main setup, the kettles and everything like that, we ha- we had to sell them. I want to keep them, and we had to sell them. Right. Well, didn't I? Um, I think I read an article. One of the uh, bigger breweries out in like the Midwest just went back and bought 
their original system back. I, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, like that they that they had started on like in their own little place. I think it was like a it was like a three barrel system that they had sold off, and they went back and bought the original one back. Yeah, no, because no, they were like, now that they got million, now that they're doing really well. They were like, yeah, we're going to – we want that back. We need old Bessie back. We would have regretted selling our three-bow. We'd be kicking ourselves every day if we did. Um, Well, from what it sounds like, you're having a lot of fun, like, using that to play with – Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, more experimental or – Don't get it twisted. The brewery business is a great business. It's a difficult business, but um, there's not a lot of bad days. Something breaks every day. But there's not a lot of bad days. There's they, stressful days, but there's not a lot of bad days. long days. But, yeah. There's yeah. a lot of long days, yeah. but, uh, you know, uh, Chris only works half days, though. 12 hours a day. That's it. Uh, <laughs> I don't see what he's complaining about. 12 hours a day, and then goes home to his beautiful wife and his two kids and, you know, r- helps out there. You know, he, he has it easy. Sometimes when Chris tells me about how stressful his day is, I'm like, come on, man. You only work 12 half days. That's it, half days. <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> If you enjoyed Beertastic Voyage, please be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and don't forget to review and rate us. The guys can be found online at www.beertasticvoyage.com, on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash beertasticvoyage, and Twitter and Instagram at beertasticshow, or send them a good old-fashioned email at beertasticvoyage at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and cheers for local beers.